Hey there, NFT Curious listener. Ethan here from Edge of NFT. We did it. Along with my incredible co-hosts Jeff and Josh, as well as along with the huge crew of Rockstar team members we assembled, we have just pulled off a stellar inaugural NFTLA event featuring the creme de la creme of Web3 and leveraging the vibrant entertainment scene of Los Angeles. This episode is one of a series featuring content from the NFTLA event, which happened March 28th to the 31st, 2022. Today's session is among those where one of us Edge of NFT co-hosts facilitated a main stage talk or breakout panel. This recording features my co-host Jeff Kelly conducting a panel on the future of community and cryptocurrency, featuring Andrew Yang, Callista Wu, and William Tong. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Our final keynote today, we've saved the best for last, returning to lead the chat on the future of Community X cryptocurrency. Is one of our hosts for this fantastic journey we've all been on for the past three days, the Edge of NFT podcast co-creator, Mr. Jeff Kelly. And now, our very special guest today, he is the chair of the Forward Party and a serial entrepreneur who ran for President of the United States in 2020, championing universal basic income and other anti-poverty policies. He has founded organizations including Venture for America, Humanity Forward, and Golden Dow. He was named a champion of change from the Obama administration in 2012 and presidential ambassador for global entrepreneurship in 2015. He has stood against the Asian, anti-Asian hate that has deeply impacted our AAPI community. I've got more, Andrew. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> Mr. Andrew Yang. Hello, Los Angeles! And joining him from Golden Dow, please welcome Ms. Callista Wu, and welcome back, Mr. William Tong. Thanks so much, Kristen. Uh, thank you, Andrew, Callista, William, for joining us here today. Couldn't be more excited to have you here on this stage. Let's dive right in. Let's start at the beginning. How did you become interested in Web3 and crypto, and where do we go from here? It's a privilege to be the final panel here at NFTLA. Let's give it up to the organizers of the event, including Jeff. We're bringing together such an amazing group of people. Was Mark Cuban the opener? Is that right? Yeah, he was. All right, I'm going to let you all in on a bit of a secret. I'm trying to get Mark to run for president. What do you all think? I <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, I've been enthused about this community since I ran for president. And I got to say, when you're running for president as a relatively little-known entrepreneur on a platform like Universal Basic Income, you notice when people support you and embrace you and champion your campaign early on. And no one did that as much as the crypto community at that time. I spoke at Consensus and Blockchain for Good in these events. And it was like, wow, these people get it. And I tried to figure out why 
so many of you got it. And I realized it was because you were so optimistic and enterprising, and you had a vision for the future that you draw other people into all the time. And I like to think that my campaign was the same way. How many of you all were Yang Yang? Yeah! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So this community has been aligned and, and near and dear to my heart ever since 2018. Uh, and now I, I have this opportunity to give back and do some good. Well, you're certainly doing that. And, uh, you know, recently you've launched uh, Lobby 3 DAO and Golden DAO, really put those on the scene in a really big way and I think elevated the conversation about DAOs. I was wondering if you could take a minute and just tell us a little bit about each of them and uh, how they play into your vision. I'll talk about uh, Lobby 3 DAO and then I'll have Callista talk a bit about Golden DAO. I'm super excited about both these projects. So, I learned a lot about Washington, D.C. over the last number of years. Not all of it good. Uh, I read an Onion article in 2011 that had a real impact on me. It's a true story. Uh, so the Onion article said, the American people hire lobbyists to fight for our interests on Capitol Hill. And there's a guy in a suit being like, now they'll take the American people seriously. I thought this was the funniest article, but then I thought, wow, we should really do that. We should actually hire a lobbyist. So I hired about 15 lobbyists <laughs> after I stopped running for president to lobby for cash relief, the enhanced child tax credit, anything that I thought would fight poverty. So more recently, when the infrastructure bill was passed, folks woke up to the fact that there was language that affected the Web3 community very directly. It was language that, frankly, displayed a total ignorance <laughs> about the way that firms operate. Uh, and so there was this huge commotion and furor. We're like, wait a minute, you guys are going to regulate us how? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so I spent the last couple of years developing a sense of how to make things happen or not happen in DC. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I can help here. So I then went to my friends in the Web3 community and said, look, I'm going to be starting a DAO called Lobby3 DAO, and what we're going to do is go to Washington and try and make sure that the regulations that get written over the next number of days and weeks make sense. Uh, and I will say that I have a relatively middle-of-the-road perspective on this, where I think that there should be sensible regulation, I think that there are risks associated with the space, uh, and I think there should be taxation. Uh, but it, it can't be the kind of regime that ends up pushing all of this energy and ingenuity and creativity to other parts of the world. Uh, among other things, I am an American, and I really, really want America to remain the home to a lot of this energy and activity. I hope you all agree with that. So that is Lobby 3 DAO, very exciting, this vibrant community of people that want to tell more holistic, accurate stories about some of the creators uh, and artists who've had their lives changed by Web3. Uh, Golden DAO is an AAPI empowerment DAO, uh, and one of our founders here is with me, Callista. So I would love to have Callista speak about what brought you to Golden DAO. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Wow, um, what feedback, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, hey everyone, my name is Callista. I am uh, an attorney, a recording artist, I do music, and also an activist. And we're so excited about Golden Dow because 
we here, um, as part of the founding team of Golden Dow, really passionate about the AAPI community. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that stands for Asian American Pacific Islander. And a lot of us have been really active in the Stop Asian Hate movement. We've been really trying to advocate for increasing representation for Asian Americans in music and entertainment. Um, just really trying to break barriers and to show people that we exist and that uh, and who we are through all our different talents. And so we're really excited about Golden Dow because it combines Web3 with Web2 and our real life passions and friends. And so our hope is to mobilize and to build community and make an impact utilizing Web3 in ways that um, just, just expand what we're already doing um, with our real lives in our community. And among the many parties that are going to kick off tonight, Jeff, what's your favorite party tonight? I mean, right after this, we're on the main patio. We got uh, Paul Oakenfeld partying out there. We got Too Short out there. We got Rich the Kid out there. Don't miss it. Get out there after this. It's going to be a blast. And a little bit later tonight, there's going to be the Golden Dow launch party at a private location. Uh, but if you go to goldendow.xyz, you can find out more information I'll be there. There are going to be a bunch of uh, fun artists, entrepreneurs, um, ballers. It'll be fun. <laughs> yes. Was the baller literal or figurative? You'll have to come to find out. <laughs> right. So we're talking about you know, making meaningful social impact, right? And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Traditional affinity groups, uh, nonprofits, and so on. But what distinguishes a DAO from those organizations? Why choose to go that path? I don't know about the rest of you, but you can kind of tell that our bureaucracies uh, and our political parties are kind of old in the tooth, long in the tooth, a little bit behind the times. When I found out about DAOs, I got super excited because I said, wow, this can be the future of organizations at the high end. It could even be an upgraded, more modernized version of democracy where we conduct something called liquid democracy. I empower someone to vote on my behalf on various issues and you can get responses in real time as opposed to having this ossified structure where every four years you show up, most people don't know what's going on. Uh, you have essentially one party rule in 90% of the country. So DAOs excited me immediately. And if you look at both Lobby 3 and Golden DAO, they seem tailor-made for what DAOs can do in terms of harnessing the energy and creativity of a massive, diverse community of people that want to make good things happen, either in making a positive case for Web3 technologies on Capitol Hill, or in elevating, empowering API contributors, artists, creatives, activists, uh, and, and folks that want to build a brighter future for everyone. Uh, now, I, I do want to say, despite the fact that I just sang the praises of DAOs, uh, in, in real life, I compare DAOs to like those college projects we were all on, where sometimes you did all the work, <laughs> there are other people around you that kind of benefited from your work, or sometimes you were the person who didn't do as much work. Uh, so, so DAOs are subject to the laws of human nature like anything else, uh, and there's a lot of learning being done in terms of how we can most effectively channel people's uh, wants and energies and ambitions. But these two causes both seem really, really ideal for large groups of people that want to have their own ideas come to the table and then make a case in collective ways that bring different groups of people together. Yeah, and if I could just add, 
We are also in these spaces. In, I'm on like 12 boards or organizations, right? Like Asian Americans Advancing Justice LA, like I'm on that board. I'm general counsel for Hate as a Virus. So we're actually not excluding um, these, these existing organizations. We're trying to look to Web3 to bridge the fragmentization of these organizations and maybe help empower everyone. And as we're seeing, especially DAOs, different than traditional organizations, there's a much stronger acceleration of impact and amplification of voice. In a traditional model, you may not feel that your voice is being heard, but in a DAO model, your voice is equal and just as loud as everyone else's. So we're seeing a lot of people be much more effective in a DAO structure than they would be in a traditional structure. Yeah, yeah I, I just want to echo what Callista said. I love traditional nonprofits. I started one myself. How many of you all have volunteered or participated in a nonprofit? You should really just pretend and raise your hand to that one. That's like, are you a good person? And then no one will know. Um, so if you participate in a traditional nonprofit, you feel good. You're, you're generally sending donations into an organization, and then you hope that they'll do something positive with it. They have events. They send you communications. They try and convey to you what they did. A DAO does give you a more direct sense of control and feedback where you can say, look, I think we should be doing this. And then if you get enough people excited about that and uh, the, the DAO treasury ends up uh, allocating resources, then you're off to the races. That's a much more ground-up version of uh, these kinds of organizations than right now I think has been available. Well, in order to make the changes that we're talking about actually happen, adoption also needs to happen. And we know there's a lot of interest from the general public in Web3 and DAOs, but there's not really an easy button, it seems, for adoption. And it and feels like we need an easy button of some sort. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. How do we make adoption easier for everybody? Oh, I agree. Uh, we have to try and make it more accessible, more seamless to a broader group of people. Uh, and there are people working on ways to do that. I think some of you know, know them. Uh, for example, there are folks working on an interface where you can just use a credit card to buy an NFT as opposed to some of the mechanisms that are currently used, which would broaden the potential audience including some of the older folks in our lives who right now you have to spend an hour <laughs> trying to explain a bunch of things to them. You know, if you say, hey, look, here's a site you can use a credit card, you can buy the NFT, uh, that would be positive. Um, there is always a tension when you have early adopters to a community about keeping something uh, tight and uh, somewhat insidery and then broadening it to more and more people. You can put me very much on the latter page. Uh, I think the more folks that we can provide an on-ramp to, the better off we'll all be. I have the same ambitions I did when I ran for president, which is I think poverty is totally unnecessary. I think that we should get rid of it. Uh, And I'm here in large part because I think the work that many of you all are doing and these tools and technologies of Web3 can help us meaningfully eradicate and alleviate poverty for millions, tens of millions, maybe even billions of people. Uh, so if that's your mission, then you should try and include as many people as possible. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and William and Callista, you know, I'm curious, you guys have been in and around the space for so yeah. long. Like, how do you view the opportunity to create an easy button and its influence on adoption? I don't think there's an easy button. Honestly, my passion is bridging <laughs> Web3 with IR, both Web2 and IRL. And with Golden Dow, I think one of our found, core founders, Theo, Theodore Liu, and the other founder is also here, Jack Liang. Um, shout out to them. Uh, 
we're literally having 30 minutes in our phone call, calls like to onboard people to, in order to mint. Um, a lot of them didn't even know like what MetaMask was. So we're doing that and really trying to walk and handhold people to join the Web3 space just to mint. Um, and also, a lot of us are, are also prioritizing activating the Web3 community to, to let them know about, hey, there's this... There's an API community. There's this cause. Like you, this is you know an NFT. Get it out. It's not a traditional NFT project, but like we want to build a community here too, and you can also add value. So I think what we're trying to do is create something new where we can unite the worlds. Like I'm a DJN. Like I, you know I go into the voice chats and I'm like, hey, like there's this thing called Golden Down, and they're like, like what's the mint price? Like what's going on? And so I, I tell people it's not for everyone yet. Like right now, our founding collection just opened this week for mint, but we have a second collections later on that will have like higher uh, collection number and also lower mint price. And so what we're trying to do is really onboard people who, who have um, the founding um, token like desire to really build from the beginning and then we'll take those funds and then make it more accessible to everyone. But we have a vibrant community on our Discord and we want to bring in more. So we're doing partnerships with uh, collections. So if you're also interested in partnering with Golden Dow, please hit us up. And the founders do get one of these uh, incredible gold signet rings you can actually seal with hot wax. Nice. It's like very medieval. <laughs> nice. It's 18 karat gold plated, right? Yeah, it's 18 karat gold plated. Uh, it's personally numbered based upon your token. Uh, it, it feels great on the hand. Anyway, so, you know. <laughs> and then um, the thing that I'm so passionate about, especially in this space, is the people like you in the audience, the builders, the people that are building tools to make things easier. I remember years ago when CryptoPunks first came out, I'm just, I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to claim a free CryptoPunk, and I never did. And looking back, I wish I'd been a little bit smarter. But I'm grateful for builders. Um, one reason I joined Origin Protocol is for them, they're very passionate about, about giving creators and, and artists the tools to make things easy. So you can go to story.xyz, you can upload your digital visual assets, and immediately people can buy the NFT. They can use their credit card. Um, you know, Origin Protocol, this is a platform that is the easy button. Rarible is coming out with a solution. I met another fellow today. His name is Jevin. He has a great solution as well. So I'm grateful for the builders in the space. Thank you so much for making it easier for people like me. Nice. Yeah, William. I was, I, see, I was trying to, to tee that up for you. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> great job. Great what work. A team. So, yeah, easy button. Really, really important. Figuring that out. We interrupt the Edge of NFT podcast to reveal one of the best kept secrets in the NFT space right now. The Koi Network. If you're a creator or a builder or an investor in groundbreaking projects, you need to dive into Koi ASAP. Why? Imagine a new internet where each time your posts get viewed on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, you earn rewards. Koi's revolutionary decentralized infrastructure scales this new internet to the whole globe, transforming attention into an asset and every creator into an earner, all without the expensive high-energy usage of old-school blockchains. Here is the best way to learn more and earn more by becoming a founding member of the growing Koi community. Go to edgeofnft.com slash koi. That's edgeofnft.com slash K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can publish your first Koi NFTs for free and start earning Koi today. The new internet is coming. Don't you want to be valued on it? Andrew, when we think about your experience in the political sphere as an entrepreneur, building community, we've talked about it a lot. Like, how does that experience impact how you think about building community in this space? When I decided to run for president, it was a bit of a leap of faith. I had confidence that other people would get excited about this vision I was presenting for what our future could be. 
but it was slow going initially. When, when I first started running, uh, my friends literally said to me, president of what? <laughs> when I said, I'm running for president. Uh, uh, and, and so the early adopters to the campaign ended up christening themselves the Yang Gang. Uh, and then that took off. And there was actually a discussion from within the campaign. They were like, hey, Yang Gang, is that too sinister sounding? Uh, and, then, <laughs> uh, and then my attitude was like, look, we didn't make it up. Like, people have just adopted it. So we should definitely just run with that because, you know, if the campaign came up with something, it'd probably be dumb and no one would use it, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so I was running for president and I would go to different cities. I campaigned all over the country. Certainly here in LA, we had some massive events here. One of the debates was here too. It was the debate when I was the, the last uh, non-white candidate uh, where we got to find out whether Asians were white. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so campaigned all over the country. The answer is no, by the way, we're not white. <laughs> uh, so, so campaigned all over the country and I would meet in person in Ohio or Iowa or Atlanta or wherever the heck, someone I would find online and there was this like sense of connection. I know you've all had this experience too where you met someone uh, online or in the metaverse or virtually and you meet them in real life, maybe here uh, at this conference the last few days. Uh, and there was this kinship, there was an alignment of values. Uh, in a way, I think my political campaign was a version of these Web3 communities that are happening for people that didn't necessarily adopt like a new set of tools. They were using Twitter, they were getting together in uh, in in-person meetups. Uh, but that was so powerful. Um, I, I will tell you, I'm proud of a lot of things in my career, but one of the things I'm proudest of is that I'm personally responsible for 10 weddings that I know of. Uh, like these are people that volunteered on my campaign and then hooked up and then now are now engaged, like people like, like this. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm going to set that as a threshold for you all. This, these communities you're building try and exceed 10 weddings. Meanwhile, I'll still be trying to stack more weddings on top of those 10 because I want to hold this fucking record. <laughs> nice. So Lobby 3... Golden Dow. I mean, you're at the leading edge of anything the politicians are doing in this space, like by far. What else do you have in the pipeline? I'm super excited about these two initiatives. Lobby 3 is very time sensitive. I don't know if you all know, but the stuff out of DC buried in the text of the Biden executive order was he wants the regulations written within 210 days. That's seven months. So now six and a half months. Why did they set that time frame? Because they know they're going to lose control of Congress in November. So they were like, okay, let's try and draft this stuff before government changes hands. So if we want to make effective uh, changes to whatever rules they're looking at, what's our time frame? Now, <laughs> essentially. Uh, so Lobby 3 DAO is all, ha all hands on deck very, very quickly. Uh, Golden DAO, I'm going to suggest, has similar urgency because I live in New York City and there are... Uh, Asian elders and Asian women, unfortunately, in particular, who are getting spit on, assaulted, uh, in some cases killed, uh, because of who they are. And there are so many people that look at this and say, I want to help, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. Uh, and the hope is that Golden Dow can be this galvanizer for all those people to be able to make common cause around campaigns that help make a difference on the ground for people 
uh, in New York and across the country, even across the world. So I'm super excited about both of these projects. In terms of what lies ahead, I was saying to someone backstage, I I'm concerned about our future. The people here, I mean, I'm not concerned about you at all. Like, you're all going to be great. <laughs> but, our, but our future, writ large, has some very, very dark clouds gathering. I think a lot mm -hmm. of us sense it. Uh, and so I'm going to be doing everything I can to try and clear up those dark clouds. I know it's a very, very tall order. Certainly, I think Web3, having a seat at the table is a big part of the future that I'd like to see. So we talked about how, how crypto and Web3 is, is influencing the, the ways in which folks can impact policy and, uh, and, and make changes. When we think about it, how can we give folks a, a roadmap if they want to get involved in the space, they want to get involved in making change? There's a lot of folks here that are interested now in doing so. What are the best steps that they can take to do that either through the DAOs that you've created or beyond? Well, I will say for most of the people I've met here today, they have their own phenomenal projects they're working on. They're laser focused on just making those things happen. Um, you know, and ideally, the communities that we're working on can support other communities and we can elevate each other and, and help each other. Uh, there are some folks who've gotten involved with Lobby 3 DAO because they see that, look, what's happening in DC will affect me eventually. And they have happily, like, you know, some surplus of, of um, uh, who has a surplus of energy and time? But some people have, <laughs> have like uh, have the uh, desire to help us try and make this case. Some of them also are creators who said, "Look, I think my story being spotlighted would be helpful, or I think I could help make a video uh, that might be able to tell this story in a new way." So, uh, one of the joys of this space, in my opinion, is that there's a lot of what I call enlightened self-interest uh, in the work that you do, uh, and if. I've been an entrepreneur for years. If you make someone money, that's actually a very special bond you have. You're like connected for life. You know what I mean? Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with like us making each other money. I'd actually say there's something very beautiful and magical about it. So, <laughs> so, uh, so the the goal is that we're able to help each other make different uh, projects successful, uh, and then be able to pass it on to the next set of people who are trying to come up behind us. So, how do we get Washington to listen? I, so, I, I do have some uh, inside knowledge of how to get Washington to listen. Um, if you don't know anything about how Washington works, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, oh, I mean, you can worry about it because it's going to affect everyone. Um, but, but it, so, it, it's, it's a kind of environment where there are 535 legislators, and then each of those legislators has a chief of staff, and then each of those legislators also has a legislative director. Um, so you're looking at 2,000 people uh, who are all core decision makers, and they each have different constituents, different agendas, then you have the regulators, and these individuals are so powerful that if you used to work for one of them and can get a meeting with like that chief of staff, that's actually very marketable. You become what's called a lobbyist, uh, and then you charge hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for uh, representation, um, where these lobbyists essentially were former staffers or former legislators who hang out around DC and say, hey, I can make some calls and get meetings with these folks. 
It's, it's maybe a little bit like LA. I don't know. That's an LA joke. <laughs> so, um, so you have this entire industry set up around relationships. Now, how would you want to make an impact in that environment if you wanted to, which we do? So what, what we've done is we've hired an organization that employs now a couple dozen of these lobbyists who then make the case to different members. Uh, and they can educate them directly. They can furnish uh, research to middle-of-the-road think tanks that maybe have some credibility. They can go to leagues of mayors or governors and try and make a case directly at the state level. Um, so those are some of the things that we're doing to try and both improve the climate, uh, Im improve the knowledge base, because right now, what percentage of legislators do you think understand uh, Web3 or crypto or NFTs? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you some data points because I'm the math guy. The, the average senator is 63 years old. Uh, the average representative is 58. And those are averages. Leaders are then about 15 years older. So yeah, the percentage of people that understand this stuff, it's probably like 10, 15%, something along those lines. Um, so there's a lot of confusion. Um, some skepticism, but there's also opportunity because it's a bit of a blank slate. I will say the blank slate is getting colored in by relatively negative press accounts because you have a lot of mainstream press organizations. When you all see press stories about Web3, what, what are they about? Fraud, swindlers, rug pulls, uh, money laundering, Russian money laundering again. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, so, so those are the stories. So to the extent that there is uh, preconception uh, in the minds of these decision makers, that's it. So we have to try and advance that to something more accurate, more representative of the people here in this uh, auditorium today. With almost $25 billion in sales in 2021, there's no denying the NFT market is on fire. But what many investors don't realize is demand has skyrocketed for another asset, thanks in part to this NFT boom. The asset I'm talking about is multi-million dollar blue chip art. And it's been so hot, a Banksy offering on the Masterworks platform recently sold for $7.4 million. And what's even more incredible is, all shares of this Banksy offering sold out in just three hours. According to Masterworks, similar works by Banksy saw a price appreciation of 19.9% from 2007 to 2020 outpacing the S&P 500 by nearly a factor of two over the same time period. And Masterworks investors recently saw a 32% annualized appreciation net of fees from the sale of another Banksy painting called Mona Lisa. To discover how to buy into similar offerings by Banksy, Picasso, and Monet for a fraction of the cost of the entire painting, visit edgeofnft.com masterworks. That's edgeofnft.com masterworks. For important disclosures, visit masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Right on. Well, how can we get folks involved in Golden DAO and how do we get them involved in uh, Lobby DAO? What, what are the steps people need to take right here uh, to join the, the cause? Golden DAO's public minting started today. So you can go to goldendow.xyz, join us. And then if you do join us, you get to go to the, the VIP lounge at this mega party we're throwing uh, tonight. <laughs> um, but the, the party is open for all, but we obviously want you to mint that NFT and then go to the VIP lounge. <laughs> so, and the ring. Actually, our party is maxed out. So the only way now we can have people wow. come is if they mint. 
Wow. And then right. they can stay. Wow, <laughs> so exclusive. Yeah. Of course, um, correct. Yeah, but it, it, it's going to be a dope party. Um, but even if you're watching this from afar or whatnot and you want to help uh, be part of this community uh, and elevate this cause, go to goldendow.xyz, join us, uh, join the Discord. Uh, it's going to be great. We're, we're going to, to build something that I, I think will truly uh, change the course of history for Asian people across the, the world and everyone else uh, because we're all in it together. Am I right? Yep. Guys, closing words. William, what are your thoughts? For me, I'm just grateful for Andrew for the giant bridges that he's built, the platform that he's built, to now come into Web3 to lend us his platform and lend us his voice and also his math and his thoughts. In terms of how it is that we can take the communities that we're building in these new spaces and blend them with Web2, blend them with traditional media, but most importantly, blend them with the influence and political spaces that are so necessary for us to have a significant impact. So I'm grateful for everyone here. I'm grateful for Edge of NFT, for Calissa, for Andrew. Thanks. Calissa? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to learn about the people who are behind the Discord usernames, the Twitter handles. Like, I, I've realized Web3 has so much power to change people's lives. And when I meet people who, you know, are in the, some other country and they've scrambled to get point one just to get on a mint list to make point one into point two to bring their, pov their family out of poverty, I just think about how important what we're doing really is and the impact that we can create not only for ourselves and our families, but for our communities like Golden Dow, API, and beyond. And so I really, really just want to encourage everyone and empower everyone to keep doing what you're doing and continue to innovate in the space because there's so much potential and I still think we're early and I just can't wait to see what happens year after year. Andrew, closing thoughts. I think this is the closing stanza of all of NFTLA. Just want to say how pumped I am to be here with you all today and to help build a future we'll actually be proud of together. This community, I like so creative, so entrepreneurial, and you have such a key vision for what you want to see in the future. Let's make it happen. Am I right, LA? Yeah. We can make it happen together. Let's go. Thank you all so much. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure to visit edgeofnft.com slash discord to continue the conversation. And also visit edgeofnft.com slash AR to plant a 3D augmented reality tree right from your mobile device inspired by our forthcoming Living Tree NFT collection, which will offer you the hottest alpha and participatory benefits within our ecosystem. The Living Tree NFT collection will also plant over 100,000 real trees. All right. Well, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.